Welcome to the Think and Learn Smarter experience. Here I will sit down with people from all walks of life and talk with them about experiences that have shaped them. Everyone learns from their own experiences, but the best learn from the experiences of others. Now, let's get into it. So today I'm here with Lena Tice. Uh, Lena is a member of the Irish ladies hockey team and uh, they're hopefully heading out to the Olympics in Tokyo if that still goes ahead. And uh, Lena's just finished economics and used to do herself there now. Lena, thanks William, for doing this. I appreciate it a lot. No worries. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it must be nice having the whole college kind of uh, undergrad out of the way and finished so you can kind of focus on the hockey now. Yeah, it's a bit of a relief. Yeah, I can just kind of zone in. Um, yeah, because I've been I've been juggling both for a while now, so it's it's good to to have it under the belt. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were saying earlier that you chose science at the start. So uh, if you wanted to go back to like when you're in sixth year, like why do you think you're going to do science, and what made you change the economics in the end? Yeah, so I when I was in sixth year, I think I wasn't clear really on what I wanted to do. I know some people know exactly what course they want to do. I wasn't one of those. Um, but I really enjoyed chemistry. I did chemistry, biology, applied maths, um, and then honest maths for my leaving cert. So I was, you know, I was kind of, you know, in the science area and I thought I'm, I'm good at these subjects. Um, and that's kind of why I chose science. But I suppose when I got to college, um, I just found that I probably wasn't as interested in it as I thought. Um, and also it was a little bit difficult because science has a lot of hands-on hours um, with labs and stuff. So I thought if, I, if I'm going to do this and commit to it, like I need to enjoy it and be interested in it because um, it was tough to balance with the hockey, with the lab hours and stuff. So that's one of the reasons I kind of made the switch. I know that makes sense for sure. Sure, I guess when you're trying to be pr- pretty much a, a professional hockey player, but also doing like a full-time degree, especially once it's tutorials, it's pretty hard to balance. So what, why did you choose economics then in that case? So I think I've always kind of had an interest in what is going on in the world and current affairs. Um, and then I do, I do enjoy maths and I, you know, I enjoy that side of it. So I wanted to pick something that still had a good math element, but was also really current and applicable to kind of what was going on around me. And um, so that's kind of why I chose economics. And I, I really, really have enjoyed it. And I found it really interesting. So I, it was a good choice, I guess. Mm-hmm. And did you do any business subjects for leaving, sir? Because you said you did about chemistry, biology, applied maths, honors maths. Was there any business in mind as well? Uh, nothing. I had no, I didn't do economics, business, accounting, didn't do any of it. Um, but I think as I've kind of gone further on in my degree, I've realized that the main thing that I needed was math. You know, that was that was the most important thing for economics as well. I, I'm sure it would have been really important for science, too. So, yeah, it was cool that I didn't do anything for the Leaving Cert, but I was still able to do it in college uh, and kind of get the hang of it. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned it was hard to kind of balance the, the science degree, especially the labs and your hockey how did you find like even going a little bit further back with your leaving cert in general? Like, did you find it hard to balance your playing hockey and cricket at one stage? Yeah, it was definitely um, a challenge. So I kind of got called into the Irish hockey team in, I think I got my first cap in November of my sixth year. And, you know, I'd obviously trained with them previous to that as well. So from then on, it was kind of like full on. I was in the hockey program and I was traveling. Um, and I, I actually went to, 
I think I I think I was away for maybe five weeks out of school in like April, which Jeez. is April May, which is quite close to your leaving search. And I went to New Zealand uh, with the Irish team for like maybe three weeks. Um, that was at like the end of April, and I actually lost my chemistry notes <laughs> while I was out there. I lost them in like Auckland. And I only realized once we'd flown to like the other side of the country. And I was like, this is a disaster. But it's okay. Yeah, it, I managed. Like, I think the first thing I did was even in fifth year, I knew that I wanted to be able to play a lot of sport alongside my leaving cert. So from fifth year, I said, I'm going to work hard. You know, I'm going to get a leg up now because you obviously cover like a huge like portion of your course in fifth year and I think that really stood to me then going into my leaving cert year because I'd done the grind work and um, so I, I did after school study so like three hours every night but when I kind of got into sixth year then I also I just I'd win the morning that was my main motto was win the morning so like I would do an hour before school even if it was just 45 minutes just like get something done I knew what I'd do in the morning and I'd get that done and I think that kind of thing really stood to me mm -hmm. no that kind of like single-mindedness approach it seems like it's pretty much essential even like if you'd been doing music or arts uh, but in this case it was academics like it seems that to have that that dual balance of being able to play sports and have some other career as well it's like absolutely essential and I was yeah. wondering did you do applied maths like true school or did, was that an after school thing as well it was in school it was in school yeah but it was kind of like when everyone else was doing PE, we did applied maths, if you get me. So it was yeah, yeah. one of those kind of subjects, yeah. Uh, kind of annoying, right? But uh, so I'd say there must have been some crack. You're there trying to do a bit of study down in Auckland and the rest of, the rest of the girls just there slagging you away or are they pretending yeah. to help or was it like? They, they had to like lock me in my room at one point. They're like, <laughs> you are writing an essay about Sylvia Plath. And I'm like, oh, really? Mm. But yeah, mm. it was actually, it was pretty tough on the trips doing it because when you're away, it's really, full on like you're always preparing for a game playing a game debriefing a game training so I did find that tough but I suppose I kind of trust I had to kind of trust myself as well that I had done a lot of work like I'd done a lot of work for my mocks um and that you know I'd banked that so if I wasn't as effective while I was away you know I I, I still had like a lot of study in the bank and when I went back then I could really get my head down um, and go for it. Mm -hmm. So while the rest of the girls are going, I don't know, skydiving or rock climbing or some stuff, you were there doing Sylvia Plath essays, was it? Or yeah, yeah, some crack. yeah, 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 some crack, yeah. So and then I lost my lost my notes, and I was like, that's the end of me now. <laughs> I was ringing my mum. I was like, any chance you could track down my chemistry notes? I left them in Takapuna in Auckland. She was like, absolutely not. <laughs> that's yeah, your problem. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did the parents think of the whole thing like I presume like they knew it was going to happen that you're going to be with the Ireland squad and going to have to go away but were they a bit nervous that the leaving certain might go too well or were they kind of just we'll see how it goes you know what I think they backed me which was good I needed that so I think my parents kind of always took the approach of like I suppose because I, I was always quite motivated and determined and they're always like they trusted me that I'd do enough um and that I'd put the work in so they were they were happy for me to travel um but at the same time I think they felt like they had really seen me study hard as well so they weren't you know they weren't like she's a spoofer she's going to New Zealand and we need to get her home to sit her exams you know so they kind of backed me fair enough yeah 
And uh, I'm sure it's a bit nervous for them seeing you going off for the five weeks and then hoping to get the results. But I guess if you've been doing the work for three hours since fifth year, I guess they had an idea that you'd be all right. But yeah, uh, yeah. was there any subjects back in the day that you were kind of shitting it for? Or did you think that you had kind of everything sussed going in? I I was absolutely packing it for applied maths. Absolutely packing it. Because it's actually properly hard, applied maths. And like... <laughs> I like I am good I'm decent at maths but I'm not like a whiz kid so I'm sorry it's my speaker turning off um but I had that that I struggled with because we the way we did it is we did the whole ordinary course first and then we did the whole higher level course to like build like your applied maths ability in stages so I really like actually missed some important teaching hours there right at the end so I was, I was scrambling a bit for that one to be honest um and I don't, I just can't even, you know, it's funny, I can't even remember my leaving school that well, but, but I think I struggled a little bit in the end because I'd actually miss the teaching hours, do you know what I mean? Like the part where you really understand it. And I find that, like, if I don't fully get my head around and understand something, um, then that's when I can't remember information and I, you know, I don't think as clearly. Yeah, I yeah, know. Applied maths is definitely one of those ones where it's not like geography where you just learn notes and away you go. You kind of have to understand what's going on, definitely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, there's a, there's there's annoying as well, though. I don't know if I had it in your class, but there's one person in my class who he actually ended up getting the number one result in applied maths in the country, like just the H1. So you'd be there like he would he'd have the thing sussed in about half an hour in study. And I remember going back to him like a few hours later and he'd be looking at me like I'm some kind of idiot. But in hindsight, <laughs> like he's one of the smart people going but it is funny that like in a roundabout way applied maths is one of those ones you just have to like get your get your head around the concept rather than actually just learn a load of stuff off so i can yeah. imagine it's tricky when you miss the teaching hours completely completely i was like and then you, you know it's hard to really understand something when you're under time pressure because you're like why am i not getting this <laughs> like i'm running out of minutes um but you know i i it was great it was grand like i i think i got a some sort of B in it but um so I was disappointed I remember being disappointed with it um but at the same time you know I probably had that coming oh yeah fair enough but uh, it does help though when you have that like I, I presume you knew you had that Astra going in like February and March right uh yeah I yeah I did yeah I did know that so um, so how did you like apply for that whole program just for someone who's listening and might be kind of thinking of getting that themselves yeah, so I think um, you kind of apply in a, in January, maybe after Christmas. Um, and, you know, I think especially for, for a sport like hockey, uh, where you kind of know they give one or two every year, um, you kind of have a gauge of, you know, who's going to go for it, who you're competing with to get it, that sort of thing. Um, so you, you put in your application, which is pretty much just, you know, what you've achieved um, sporting wise what your goals are and then you know there's also a big emphasis on like what your academic goals are in terms of you know what do you want to study why do you want to study it and you know do you want to you know achieve in your degree and um, so I think what's cool about the Al Astra is there's an emphasis on your academics not just on your sport which is cool and not that you don't have to be really clever it's just that you have to show like a want and a willingness um, you know to get to to achieve in your degree so um you then get invited to an interview um hopefully and the interview is actually a bit scary i'm not gonna lie 
and I wouldn't be like I'm not I'm not too shy or whatever so like but even for me I was like this is a bit scary because I think there was like six people on the panel and they're in there grilling you and um, but yeah it was cool and I think once you you just are honest with them about you know what what your objectives are in in the sporting world but also why you want to be in UCD why you want the Ashra and show a really good understanding of of what the scholarship and the academy offers and um, you'll be you'll be flying Mm -hmm. and it's a pretty cool bunch to be in there with as well because like I don't know off the top of my head but I think there's like 40 of yourselves there and you're all from different sports and stuff so like there's a I'd say there must be I'm going to say 15 Olympians or hopeful Olympians in there now or are they kind of aiming for Paris is Paris the next one Paris is the next one yeah yeah there's there's definitely a few Olympians knocking around um because I know I know for Rio anyway there was like seven or eight um and then you know like I think in my intake Andrew Porter was in that intake he's going to be a lion now um so yeah it's really cool it's an awesome like community to be a part of um and then you also sometimes interact with like the music uh, and drama scholars and then the academic scholars as well so yeah it's awesome and I think you spend a lot of time in the gym in UCD and you kind of get to know the the other athletes from other sports and I think it's there's something special about all being on kind of your own sporting journey you know it's different but it's the same um and you can kind of bounce off each other so i loved being a part of it no definitely and when you be in the gym and you see these other people but say you might see a few rowers or a few whatever is there any sport in particular because you played hockey and cricket to a high level but is there any other sports you're looking like i wouldn't mind having to go at that one do you know what i've always thought i wouldn't mind having to go at the rowing i okay. like i think i think it's just because i'm quite tall and um we actually do a bit of rowing you know as like off feet conditioning and stuff mm -hmm. and like i'm not i'm not terrible at it like i don't know i think it's just a lot of it goes on like how you're built and stuff so i've always fancied having a go with the rowing but i think two sports is enough for me i think i'll just i'll just chill out now i'd say so i think you've done the time and yeah. uh, if you go back to that second sports or cricket because that was clearly probably still is a massive part of your life and um, like what what skills do you think translate from cricket to hockey or is there anyone in particular that you'd notice yeah so i suppose so i i, I stopped playing cricket in my leaving cert year i had to make a decision between the two so i basically chose to to play hockey at that point um but yeah a lot of skills have transferred because cricket is essentially just like one big game of hand-eye coordination so um you know obviously like hockey is very similar in that it requires a high level of hand eye coordination and I'm like not the best athlete I would say like I'm, I'm not the quickest I'm not the like the most agile but I do lean on kind of my hand eye a lot when I play I'm a center back so you know a lot of that comes into play um so I think a lot of it transfers over yeah definitely and um would you say it's harder to go from cricket because cricket's a team sport as well but hockey kind of all on the pitch at the same time I don't know is there is that the right analogy? Because when you're facing, like, when you're playing cricket, it's kind of one-on-one -on -one for that split second that you're playing the game. Whereas in hockey, you've kind of got to be, if you're saying you're centre-back, you have to kind of be aware of everyone else and their surroundings. Do you find that bit hard, or what, what's the differences, do you think? Yeah, it's definitely different. Cricket's funny, because, yeah, you're kind of right. Like, it's a team sport, but it's also kind of an in individual sport in a funny way, because yeah. you're all just doing your own disciplines and trying to execute them, and like your performance isn't necessarily dictated by your teammates performance whereas obviously on the pitch like 
if you're not working together well, it's not going to happen for you. Um, so I think I, I prefer that aspect of hockey, the fact that it's so, you have to be such a unit in everything you do and there's so much communication involved. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I enjoy that. But I, I think the, the pressure, there's more pressure in cricket because it's like, yeah, you're out there kind of on your own. So I think that's helped me like in big games of hockey. Um, just being able to understand that pressure and know how to kind of deal with it. Yeah. No, like I presume there would uh, making your or getting your first cap at 13 be like the most high pressure environment you've been in just because you hadn't experienced that many before. Or would you say it was like, I don't know, the World Cup final in the 2018? Like, or what would you say is like the most? I think when I was 13, I had the breeze I was going on. I was just like, cool. <laughs> like, let's go play. Like, so I don't think I was nervous. I think I was just like, this is fun, you know what I mean? So, I mean, there was some high pressure moments on the cricket pitch, definitely. But I think the Olympic qualifier uh, in November 2019, so for COVID, um, that was by far a million miles, the most pressurized thing I've ever played in. Like at home, two games, winner takes all, goes to the Olympics, the other one doesn't. Like it was, it was next level. I actually was like, I can never do that again but I probably will <laughs> I probably will do it again but it was it was intense it was good though no because that adrenaline buzz you get I'd say when you finish is absolutely ridiculous oh yeah oh, unbelievable unbelievable I think when there's I think it was more like relief that time because when there's so much on the line do you know you've so much to lose whereas like you know in a World Cup final like you know we kind of had nothing at all to lose Mm -hmm. um we managed to get smashed as well so that was good but um yeah no we yeah it's when you've a lot to lose it's more like relief at the end i get you yeah because it's almost like negative marking we'll say because you either we're going to olympics or not whereas at least now you're in it and it was always your dream to be an olympian so at least you've got you've nearly won not say won the final because you're a competitor when you're there you want to win it again but like you still have that kind of i've got here so you know what i mean you got that little like the, yeah. the floors and the floors and desperation we'll say yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And how did you find having to prepare for it like solely on your own for a while? Because COVID kind of threw a span into works for every sport, really. Yeah, it was. I find that tough. I I don't like being away from my team. Do you know, some people are like they like being there, but then they like to go home, just have their own space. I just like being around everyone the whole time. I'm a bit of a head case like that, so. <laughs> um i found it i found it pretty hard to be honest like a lot of people did um i picked up an injury as well in lockdown i got a stress fracture just from like running on the roads too much so that was kind of tough to deal with that like on your own away from the team and then obviously the news about the olympics was quite hard to take initially so um yeah i think you just kind of had to find the motivation from within and and also like keep in touch with the girls and just be like we're all in this together we're all going to do it like the olympics is going to happen next year and like we just need to be ready so you kind of just had to dig deep um and you know crack on and keep going mm -hmm. and uh which type of run because i presume you had like different running blocks throughout the few months weeks or a lot in lockdown which of the running blocks is like the most brutal that you think to do on your own yeah we'll see <laughs> I mean, I, I only I only really started the first block before I dusted myself. So oh, yeah. I um, that one was dark though. It was really dark, especially when like, do you know when you don't have a pitch to run on? Um, 
And like, I think at the time the gap hitches, like they were so like um, bumpy and like I was scared of doing my ankle and stuff. So when you're kind of like, you know, trying to measure out a hundred meters or something. So like you're running down a road and then you're running around corners and stuff. <laughs> so I find that, I find that difficult. I always think like it's better to run in groups. You can push each other um, more and get more out of it. Mm-hmm. no definitely because remember even ourselves like in winter we had to do it in lockdown like you're literally running underneath floodlights hope like we'd be on the side of a ga pitch you're not meant to be on and just hoping there wasn't a big pothole there when you're running <laughs> yeah. Can do that. Yeah. It's, yeah i mean i've hopped a lot of like the fence in ucd like to get onto the hockey pitch like sometimes like if say you have a big day of study you know we'd have to be on at like 7 a.m you know in the winter and you'd be like hopping it in the dark and just like hoping you see the line when you get to it and stuff so uh, i know what that's like yeah yeah it's all those little things as well but uh is there any chance did you have a chance to like i don't know um uh, like what did you manage to get out of lockdown with it did you have a chance to go and do some video analysis on yourself or any of the other teams you're playing against or did you get a chance to do that kind of stuff yeah i think um it was lockdown was funny i i did spend time watching video just to like you try and keep your mind sharp and i had an extended break because i did my foot in about june so yeah i spent time i suppose yeah watching clips because i i always think that you know the main thing is is that your head is right you know if if your head's right and your brain is up to speed like your body will follow and if you're like fit and healthy so um I suppose I spend time thinking about what I want to get out of like my first block back, you know, what my goals are. So when I actually re-entered training, I was like, okay, I know what I want to work on this, 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 like for me, it was, you know, a footwork thing and tackling and then just increasing like my skill set um, as a center back. So yeah, I think just having, I created like clear goals for myself, but also took the break and tried to refresh so that when I went back in September, I was like absolutely raring to go, you know, just was willing, able to train as hard as I possibly could. And you were saying about uh, like the mental side, like once you have the head right, you're kind of good to go. Do you do anything specific before games? Because I was even chatting to Hannah about this uh, and she was saying that she just kind of not goes with the flow, but doesn't have any particular like routine before. And do you have anything you do or like any center thing or anything? Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm a routine person. Like I I have it all sussed. Um, do you know I'd I suppose first we we'd have team meetings and like I'd be prepared for that meeting and that I'd need to know like the players I'm going up against, you know, before I get to that stage. Um and then after the meeting, like you'd have then your notes and your game plan. Like I'd read that again in in the changing room before i go out and then i think i'd you know it's i have quite a strong faith and so i'd sit and i'd um say a few prayers and stuff like that i think just to stay calm and i think specifically with the position i play you don't need to be like running around like a mad joke like you need to be as calm as you possibly can be so i take steps to try and just be really chilled when i step out there which i'm not always sometimes i absolutely lose plot but listen i try my best um so yeah that's kind of what i do and uh when you're planning to go to the picks like we'll say what sort of preparation have you been doing like you've been doing the technical tactical physical but is there anything different that you do because you know you're heading to japan or you know you're heading to like a hotter climate yeah so we 
it's been it's been tough to be honest because it's going to be the ho- hottest Olympics ever, yeah. and uh, we live in the worst climate in the world. So um, and it's been particularly poor this month actually. Um, so we missed out on being able to go to Malaysia in when was that? In March we were meant to go for like a heat camp because of COVID it was pulled on the morning that we were meant to fly. Um, so. We could, we didn't get that preparation in, but what we do is we spend time in heat chambers. So we'll go on the bike in heat chambers. And then even the other day we were in the chamber and it was really, really hot. And we had to do Sudoku and stuff just so that your mind is able to function in the heat as well. Cause I think that's a big part of it is when the heat kind of gets on top of you, you don't think straight and like, we need to be able to think, think straight. So we do a lot of that. And, um, then you know sometimes we wear more layers of training like it's difficult to to get on top of it but there's a lot of strategies in place um you know that we'll implement when we get over there and you know we i think we're out there about three weeks before it starts so we'll have time then to sort of begin to adapt yeah yeah no i remember i actually ran into nikki like i think the day before you're meant to go out to malaysia like she's there doing like a recovery run ready to go and then all of a sudden it's just pulled like there must be it's just one of those things, I guess, the last year and a half where your preparation just kind of, through no fault of your own, just kind of has to fall through. Yeah, like it's it's just like, you just get so used to it in COVID. Everyone was like, you must be devastated. And I was like, I am, but like, what you expect? You know, we live in a crazy world. So we just had to get over it really quickly and just bounce back because you can't dwell on it. Like, you just can't dwell on the things that didn't happen and like, you just got to make the most of what we do have and we're so lucky to be able to train and to have a good setup and to be playing in a European tournament before the Olympics like that's great preparation so just got to take advantage of what we do have. Yeah definitely and uh, you get a chance to train so you said you had a chance to train again with the team is that in the national um, the national centre for all, all the rest of the Olympic teams as well? Yeah, it's yeah, up in, in Blanchestown in Sport Ireland. Um, so it's good. And we have a pitch out there now. So we're like base, you know, there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And I know I mentioned with that Astros, but would you have much uh, like link up between the other sport, other athletes as well trying to go out? Yeah, we see we see them in the gym because of COVID. There's far less crossover because oh, everyone's yeah. kept so separate. But like you would you would see them around and you know what they're at. So um like we'd, I'd see, you know, Reese McGlennigan, the gymnast a bit. And then, um, you know, you kind of see the sevens players. I know they haven't qualified yet, but the men, I think, still have a chance to qualify. And some of the swimmers and rowers. Um, so it's really cool. It's it's awesome to, like, see them, like, working at their craft. And it's so different, but yet requires so much, um, like, discipline and determination. So it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It must be pretty like inspiring in a way because you all have to live very dedicated lifestyles, uh, especially when you're trying to get to the Olympics. Do you reckon that's the part that you might be able to bring? Because there'll probably be some stage in your life where you have to go into that business because you did do economics degree, so hopefully you'll be able to use it. Yeah, I do hope I'll use it. Um, yeah, I def, I definitely think so. I think first of all, it's that ability to work in a team, and you know, you don't get to choose who's in your team. Um, thankfully I really, really like all my teammates, but you know, there's different personalities. People bring different things to the table and people have different strengths. And I think playing, you know, 
it, at a high level of team sport teaches you how to like get the best out of everyone around you and helps you to understand as well like what your role is in the group and i think that's really important in business is like executing your role so everybody else can execute their role well um and yeah just under, understanding the importance of that and then as well yeah just the discipline and the willingness to like really commit to something um in order to uh, you know achieve a goal um and that's obviously what we do every day we have to like take steps to get to where we want to go and i think in in business it's really no different you know if 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 your firm or you know um the team you're working on is working to get somewhere you know you have to be disciplined and and put effort into into getting to that point so yeah i really hope it it stands to me i and um yeah i i hope i get a job one day too <laughs> that'd be pretty nice right i'm sure uh but one thing i always think is very interesting is that i say a lot of business business leaders and that they look at sports because sports near like a microcosm for every kind of team environment and you can see those personalities and those kind of team dynamics play out on a pitch how like you've played in a lot of different teams like even in your school team with ucd a cricket ireland team the irish ladies hockey team what like what attributes from the other players that you notice seem to like translate really well does that make sense yeah that makes sense um i think the first thing i i when I, when I see someone who like does well in a team environment um, and doing well in the team environment has a huge impact on your performance, you know, they kind of go in tandem and go hand in hand. And when, like when I see someone who A is just willing to just dive headfirst into it and just commit to it and buy in, like there's such a massive element of buy-in um, required. So they're the people I see who succeed when, when they arrive in the team, they just buy in, buy into the culture, implement the culture and commit um, to, to what's asked of them. And the second thing is just like being a good teammate, like just be, being a good person and not just a good player. You know, if, if you're difficult to get on with or, um, or you're selfish, it doesn't really work in a team environment because, you end up not executing your role um, the way the team needs you to. And I think that's something really special about the, the team I'm in at the moment is that um, there's just this thing of the team performance comes first. And that can be really difficult when there's big selections and stuff. Obviously, people are fighting for their own places. But at the end of the day, we've got to keep the team performance you know, at the center of it. Um, so that's a challenge, but also I think something we we do pretty well on the whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic in that we'll say that there might be even on the train squad there might be twenty four or twenty five, but you notice only sixteen on the on the flight. Uh, and it can be I know even in other sports as well, like my own, that like it's almost a challenge to not try and do more than your role because like you want to stand out and make the team, but at the same time, if you not try too hard, but if you try hard in the wrong way, it's a detriment to the team as a whole. So how hard do you think it is for the coaches or even for yourselves to, like you're playing centre back, there's no point, you have to be like diligent to your position. Do you think, is it hard to like not try and do too much and kind of fit in and essentially just do your job? Or how do you, how do you find that kind of thing? Yeah, it definitely can be a challenge. And I think it's a challenge all over the pitch. For me personally, um, I think it's really obvious when I'm trying to do too much because I start giving the ball away because I'm trying to like pick out 
you know, great passes and stuff. Um, and I lose focus on like, how, you know, how important it is for me to help everyone else do their job well. You know, if I start, you know, trying to do too much, like that, that doesn't really work, you know? And I, I actually, yes, you know, I might, I might pick out three unbelievable passes, but, you know, I've also turned the ball over eight times and everyone is wrecked because they're running back to try and cover me. You know what I mean? So um, it is difficult because like we are selfish as sports people, like we want to be the best and like, I want to be the best. Of course I do. Um, but you have to go about it in the right way. And, yeah, and keep keep the team at the forefront of your mind um, in it all. Yeah, so obviously your role in the team is kind of it's kind of easy to know what to do like during the game. But how hard do you find it? Let's say sticking to all the stuff you have to do off the pitch, like your nutrition, your phone, maybe your phone model, your flexibility work, or all that kind of stuff. Do you like? I presume you have a routine that you follow, and how hard do you find to stick to it? Yeah, that stuff is definitely a challenge because that's like your that's like your lifestyle really isn't it um so like you kind of learn i think definitely i've learned as i've kind of gone further in the program is that you know if you, if you don't do those things like it just doesn't work like you can't cut corners because you just end up not being fit enough not being able to play like not in good enough condition and like i've had to learn that the hard way because i've do you know, I found myself in not good enough condition or I found that like I just haven't looked off after my body properly and then I'm paying the price for it. And um, so sometimes you got to learn the lessons the hard way because, um, yeah, because, you know, that's just life. Um, and I've had to do that. But yeah, I have a good routine now. Like I know I know what I need. I know what my like what's what's good for my performance. I know the cues and the markers that I need to hit. Um, in order to kind of do a good job for the team, so um, I think yeah, I have I have a pretty good routine going. Mm -hmm. And like that kind of thing translates to even studying yourself as well. Like even back in the leaving search, you kind of need to know that like you might go into the class and pay kind of half attention, but if you're not doing the work at home, it's just not there. Or back in the day, if you can remember, like even like some study tips or some like just routines you had. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I had a really good routine going, I think, through fifth and sixth year. I think the first thing is that I, like, did stuff as I went along. So I, I didn't let it build up. So, for example, in biology and chemistry, there are two subjects that I needed notes in. So I knew in biology that the teacher gave us good notes. So I would say, like, okay, I'm going to learn, like, two chapters of biology this week and then I'm and I'm gonna do notes on this chapter of chemistry this week and um, so I'd have it planned out so I knew what I was gonna tick off um, and I think that really helped me because then it didn't build up and get on top of me I just ticked it off as I went along and then I suppose I had a routine where always like my maths homework always came first I always did that first like when my mind was the most ready to like work and problem solve um, and then my last thing was I realized that I could learn well in the mornings. Like when I woke up, my brain was like would function well. And that's different for different people. But for me in the mornings, I'm at my sharpest. So say for English, closer to the leaving cert, I would 
I memorized a lot of things. Um, I don't know, some people, different people have different tactics. I was a memorizer when it came to English. I'd like, before I got out of bed, I'd recite my essays, which I, I know seems weird, but like I was under time pressure and I realized that this was a way that I could get, get my head around the content. So I wouldn't get out of bed until I recited, you know, three essays. And then I get on with my day. And I actually think it worked so, so well because repetition is is what gets like the stuff in your head. Yeah, no, that, that's a funny little one. It, it definitely seemed to work for yourself. <laughs> but uh, so just imagine Jesus. That would be some start to the day if you just couldn't remember a particular paradise and you're stuck in your bed for a while. Yeah, I know. I'd be like, you know, you'd like have the book there and you'd be like, I can't look at it, I can't look at it. You'd be racking your brain and then eventually, you know, you'd have to. But I don't know, if one person is able to use that, it, it might it might work for them. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And is there, what would be like, what do you think is the equivalent of that in hockey for yourself? Like that one thing you keep trying to wrap out because you know that you kind of need to improve in that area? Um, I think, so in hockey we throw aerials, which is like where you throw the ball in the air. So it's kind of a hard thing to, I mean, it's not, it's like relatively hard, but I've, I've decided that I was going to like work on this like three years ago. It was something that I really wanted to add to my game. And I just like say each week, okay, I'm going to do a hundred this week, you know, or I'm going to do a hundred on Thursday or whatever. And I've kind of done that consistently throughout. And, and like now I have a decent aerial, like not the best in the world, but a decent one. And I continue to just like work on it, work on it, work on it because I've identified it as something that I want in my game and that is going to be, something that's going to really stand to me going forward so that's mm -hmm. a good example of it i guess yeah yeah and how hard do you find it will say because you could spend a, a load of hours trying to perfect one particular skill but there might be another part of your game that has a bigger impact overall even though like you might you might be a perfectionist and want to have like the perfect aerial game will say but you know that it's not worth the time input for the for the output how spending time on things that like seem kind of important but aren't as important as like the basic skills perhaps or whatever yeah i think that's a, that's a really good point like because i've yeah had to kind of figure that out you have to figure out what actually is it that yeah. is the best part of your game like why actually are you on the team you know and it, like say for me i find it frustrating because i don't have this one type of pass that and I, I just, for some reason, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I just can't execute it well. But then, you know, I've never had it. And actually, the other parts of my game are are really what add to the team. So I've had to just kind of put it on the back burner because I'm like, I just have to accept that right now, that's not something I have, but I need to maximize what I do have. Um, so that's, you know, an aerial and like a, a different type of pass and like my tackling and, um, you know, they're the things that my team really need from me. But, and this thing, like I'm, I'm going to keep working on it, but like, it's not going to be my priority if you yeah. get me. So it's important to, to know what your strengths are and also be willing to accept some things that maybe aren't as important and maybe you don't have right now in your skill set. No, I think that's a mistake that, well, clearly you're not doing now yourself, but a lot of people seem to make where they try and be the best at everything, but like you just can't be, simple as that. And you kind of have to focus on your strengths. 
there's this uh, there's this Slovenian player now in the NBA, Luka Doncic, and yeah. uh, when he was when he was like 15, he went to this athletic trainer in America, and he put him through like a ridiculous amount of different like fitness tests and stuff to see what his game was actually like, and he said to him like, look it, you're never really going to be able to dunk the ball that that well, uh, which isn't very good for a basketball player. But you have like off the charts in deceleration pace. So like he can just stop on a dime essentially. He's like, just keep focusing on that. And that's going to be the, the separator. And it was mad like looking now, like four years later, he dunked like once in the game last, like yes, last night. But he must have stopped maybe five or six times. And lads who are far more athletic than him were going way past him. So it is kind of interesting to see it yeah. play out. Even that something is like cool. that. I actually, I saw a video of him yesterday. Um, like, hitting a three off like one leg he had like decelerated so fast and he was able to like um like hit a jump three off one leg um anyway yeah that's cool yeah i've actually i've heard a bit about that before and um yeah that's that's exactly it it's like knowing what you're good at you know and not trying not trying to be something that you're not mm -hmm. and if you had now i'm putting you on the spot here but if you had to go back to your own leaving cert was there any things that you can kind of remember that you like thought were kind of important to do like you might have put a lot of time into but when you look back probably wasn't the best use of your time oh yeah um i think i probably made some poor subject choices okay. uh so i chose to do music and because like i play a lot of music but you know actually it probably didn't suit my way of learning um and like I struggled with it a bit and if I had known that I was going to be away a lot I met, I might have chosen a subject like business or geography whereby the content isn't like overly complicated but if you put the time into it uh, in terms of learning like you can do pretty good in it um, and I think I think another thing would be um, just say with applied maths you only have to do a certain amount of questions out of 10 I think yeah. Just identifying early and just being like, I'm only going to do these ones. Like, I'm just going to trust myself that when it comes up, I can do it. I think like quality over quantity um, would be a big thing that I reflect on when I look at the leaving cert. It's just, you know, trusting yourself that if you really, really understand something, like you're going to be able to figure out it, figure it out on the day. Yeah, no, you're dead right. Because like even something like applied maths, if you you practice for eight of them and you can only you can only answer in six so what a quarter of your time in study has been wasted because you're not gonna be able to use it even if it was like 100 effective so exactly. it, it's funny because it's not that easy to find those things in sports because like say for example in hockey you could practice something very minute and you can justify to yourself that it might come up in a game but at the end of the day you probably will only have to use it maybe once a season or twice a season that particular trick yeah 100 yeah. that's exactly it yeah mm -hmm. And how do you find like overall preparing for the Olympics? Like, is it, do you still view it as like the same sort of event that you've gone to, like you're going to the Europeans now, but you've never played in the Olympics before. So mentally in your head, how are you kind of viewing it? Yeah, I mean, it's new territory for me. So I'm figuring out as I go along and it's not obviously the normal Olympics. Like it's different because of COVID. Um, and it's also different because we're playing a big tournament now and we're playing a big tournament in a month and a half, which is like also a challenge in itself. So you have to kind of peak twice in a summer. Um, but, you know, in, in the back of your head, you're like, it's the Olympics. Like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Um, 
so I think it gives you that just that extra push um, and that extra drive just to like execute all the little things and and not kind of make sure you don't leave any stones unturned. Um, so yeah, it's just like really exciting, but it's trying to just control your emotions, not let it be too much because at the end of the day, it's, it's the same game you're going to play out there. It's just in a different setting. And like we've played in different settings before we've played against these teams before we played against these players before and we've played together a lot. So just understanding that and like just staying calm in, in the approach to it. Yeah, yeah. So there's no rash decision to get the, the five rings, is it, as a tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Undecided. Undecided. Undecided, right. Okay. Yeah, you learn it, I guess. But um, if you have to look back, like back in the time when you were in Jersey the whole way up, uh, you mentioned that going to the Olympics was kind of one of the goals of yours. Is it, it must be strange now that you're pretty close to it and like hopefully it goes, it, well, it probably will go ahead. But how do you we'll find it? Jeez. <laughs> No, you've got to share all those Olympians have put their life on hold for one year already, so it'd be desperate if it stopped again. Oh, don't even. It would be very desperate. <laughs> and would you have ever any thoughts of going back to cricket after the Olympics then? Because you will, like as I said, uh, it was kind of your dream to be an Olympian and then... Yeah, um, it's a tough one. Like, I don't, right now where I'm at, like I don't really see myself going back, like maybe playing for a club if I get the opportunity in the summer. Um, I don't I don't right now see myself going back and, and playing sort of top level cricket. Um, I'm fairly focused on the hockey and, you know, I want to have a, a long career in the game if I can. And, you know, there's more Olympics to come. So, you know, right now this is definitely what I'm committed to. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, you had a chance to play with UC ladies for a few years at this stage. Uh, will you get I don't know how it works. Like when you finish college, do you get to still play with them or are you able to do that? So I actually um, don't play for UCD anymore, but yeah, I did four years with them. Um, yes, just the best fun ever. Like it's really good standard of hockey, like good coaching, great setup and like a lot of cracks. So, um, and we won a lot in my time, which was, which I was very fortunate um, to kind of experience. So yeah, it was great fun. Mm -hmm. Any memories in particular that stand out? uh yeah when i think it was in my first year we won everything i don't think we lost the game um we won like the irish senior cup the irish hockey league and the fight like the playoff final weekend um so and we won varsities so we won everything it was pretty pretty fun <laughs> yeah so yeah, we yeah. won in, yeah, when I was in fifth year and oh, that was like, you know, there's some, I don't know, like how much school sport you played or there's something so special, especially when you're like a teenager, like it just feels like the whole world. Um, so we won the Leinster Senior Cup when I was in fifth year and it was kind of, we're a small school, Jared. It's like there's only like 35 girls in a year. So it's a big ask, you know, um, and we'd never, I don't think we'd ever even got to like a quarterfinal before um and so to go on, go on and when it was absolutely class like it was it's such definitely such a highlight like when i look back in my sporting career mm -hmm. and were many of the girls you're playing with in jersey did i end up to ucd with you as well uh yeah one of them did she played like on the ones in ucd for like my first two years she was called sarah lachlan um so that was that was really cool just to be able to like continue playing with her um so yeah and have you had a chance to do any coaching uh, of any of the younger girls these days now? 
I do. I I coached uh, a bit. I've coached a bit in Jared's kind of just like gone between different teams. I coached a bit of the senior cup team like a couple of years ago, um, which I really enjoyed. Actually, I always think like it's fun to coach when, you know, the players want it uh, and they like are driven and care about it. Um, but I yeah, I really enjoy coaching like young girls. And I think it's so important to kind of like go out and do that and like be there at the grassroots because like you obviously don't just care about your own performance and your own team like you know I care about like the future of Irish hockey and you know I really hope that it can be a successful team for a long time mm-hmm. and when you when you go back to uh, coaching the younger age groups do you see like either a some of those teams like yourself like real determined or you see some like some characteristics in them or is there like anything in particular that you kind of noticed that uh, the best players seem to have that you kind of see? Um, it's hard to say. Like, I do think, you know, different people have different approaches. And there's probably girls on my team who were like really laid back as kids. But I'd say it's more common to be like competitive and um, driven from the get go. But everyone does have their own kind of journey to it. But yeah, you can kind of see it, I think, when you're coaching. You can see the ones who just are listening and like really applying themselves and that just love it you know it's more that passion for it you can kind of spot that and I think that's really cool yeah yeah and do you have that like competitive drive in areas apart from hockey or do you find that it's something like a switch nearly no I think I can't it's it's pretty cross the board um and it kind of has been since I was a kid so I'd say even for something like my leaving cert you know I was competitive like not 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 really in same way more competitive with myself and that was like a driving factor like I wanted to prove to myself that I could could do a good job um, and I think that kind of led into my degree and yeah I think it is pretty much across the board sometimes it's a bit annoying you're like why can't I just be more chilled <laughs> and normal <laughs> No, no, I get you completely. I was, I was going to say about the leaving circus. It's funny that you even mentioned the applied maths thing back then, because like you clearly got in with a lot of points to spare, and that. And it's even the same with Hannah. Like she was the exact same, where competitive across the board. Like even her mum was saying, "Would you not just watch some like shitty TV show for a while during lockdown?" <laughs> yeah, honestly, that that's like I mean, Hannah's like another. I think Hannah got six two five, but um. She, like my mom my parents would be like would you not just like not go to training today or like would you would you not just like not study today and I'm like what are you doing like this <laughs> this is not the way to parent tell me to study but they're like you need to just chill yeah uh, it's funny like that and I'm always kind of curious to ask people like yourself I like do you reckon it's more of like are you kind of pushed with say god I don't want to fail or geez it's gonna be class when I win do you know what I mean uh that's good that's a good question I think you have to there's always an element of like I don't want to fail but you got to be willing to risk it like this is one thing I kind of always say when people ask me questions like that it's like you can't be so scared to fail that you don't commit to something 100% I think that's like a, a really common thing now especially for like teenagers and stuff they're like if I don't try really hard then if I fail, it doesn't really matter. And and no one can say, oh, well, like, you know, because they'll just be like, oh, they didn't, you know, that typical typical thing of, ah, they don't really do any work, yeah. you know? But if if you study really hard for your leaving cert and you brain it, well, then they're like, oh, gosh, you know? 
but you gotta you gotta risk it because if you never flipping try your hardest and you never commit something fully like you're not gonna get anywhere you know so and i think like i've kind of failed plenty of times and you know it's so cliche but they de it definitely you know makes you a bit stronger and a, a bit more um driven uh for the next for the next thing mm -hmm. no that that clearly came the case in like 2018 when you managed to get to the, the finals I guess it was a bit of both where like you nearly had, as you said yourself already, like the pressure was kind of off once you got to the final, but even in the group stages, could you kind of tell you had a bit of momentum or how that kind of feel? Yeah, we definitely had momentum. Like, I think we're a tough bunch of girls, like, because we've had some tough losses and like, we've haven't always, we haven't had everything given to us. Like we haven't had the support we've needed throughout the years. You know, it's much better now, but you know, at that time, we get a chip on our shoulder. And like, to be honest, we still do. And I think that just pushes you that extra little bit. So when we, we could feel the momentum building, and we kind of just went with it, you know, and I don't think we didn't let the occasion get too big for us. We really stuck together as a group in it all. You know, we, we just did everything as a team. And we we're all in it together. And I think that's what made the difference at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. no i i could be wrong in this now but i'm pretty certain they give you the funding like after that they, they transfer a lot of money towards the hockey like it was like five hundred thousand or something uh, yeah i mean i don't think we've seen all of that five hundred thousand. <laughs> but yeah it was, like, we yeah. like didn't like we didn't earn a penny going into the world cup like like literally nothing um and we are now semi-professional no, that's brilliant because like it's same for like other 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 countries as well. It's kind of hard to compete when you know you like even just in terms of recovery. Like that's one thing for GA that is still an amateur, but other like other sports, the difference that they have is the ability to recover from sessions. So, presume for yourselves, like if you were trying to have a job while trying to be an Olympian, like it'd be really hard to have like a really intense session and then have the time to recover afterwards. Yeah, for sure. So like that's that's a massive thing. Like in in terms of injury prevention and also getting the most out of yourselves like that's the that's really what the big difference is because if you're an amateur you're still probably doing as many training sessions mm -hmm. but you're doing them in the evening after a full day of work and you have to get up in the morning really early to gym then before work so you're just not giving your body a chance to get right so like that's that's the main the main difference you're dead right yeah mm -hmm. And uh, what so what bits have you kind of enjoyed since you've had that chance to be a semi pro? We'll say like what 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 have you been like? Ah, oh, this is this is the life. Yeah, well, I'm. It's still not quite the life, you know. As in, because we're essentially employed like two days a week, but like we still train like full time. Do you know what I mean? But on the days, I mean, because I'm a student, like it's much easier to manage. I just enjoy the fact that like I can go to training at like eleven. Like training will be at like eleven a.m. So you can do your prep in the morning, you know, you're not like absolutely milling it out of bed. Um, and like you can eat together after it's different with COVID, but usually like you can eat together after recover and then go out for another session, you know, and then have the time in the evening to like put the feet up and like get ready for the next day. Like that's what I love. And just more time together with the team, like more time to get better and more time to have the crack really. So it's mm -hmm. good. No, for sure. Like I, being in those kind of teams, you have a great chance to have a tight knit bunch. So I presume like you spend a good bit of time off the field with the girls as well. I do. Yeah, I'd say they're sick of me, but yeah, I'm always yeah. We yeah, we're really tired and like 
you know, you end, they end up being kind of your best mates. I mean, the people you spend the most time around with and because we're all in it together, like we understand what each other are going through. So, yeah, we spend a lot of time off the pitch together. And um, I think that just adds to kind of us as a team. Yeah, no, definitely. Because even the fact that like if you have to give up something like you might be going for a rake of pints on a Saturday night, but you know that, you know, your mates are doing the same thing as well. So it does make it a lot easier, definitely. Yeah, exactly. And um, just if you had anything, like if you had to go back to good old Lena when she was 17, 18 years old, uh, sitting the leaving cert, hopefully getting her first cap for Ireland, uh, with a November of sixth year and then having to go to New Zealand, anything you'd be saying to her then, back then? I'd probably say, don't lose your notes. Don't lose your chemistry <laughs> in New Zealand. No, I, yeah, I think I would say just like take it in a little bit more try and just not be so stressed about the next thing and like do what you have to do but like not worry not always worry about what's coming next week or what's coming the week after that and just enjoy you know the time like the process of it you know um because like i'm i can be a bit of a worrier you know i'm always thinking about oh how am i going to get in the team for the next thing or how how am i going to like do well in this next exam instead of just like enjoying looking after what you have on today and on tomorrow. So that's something I would, I would say, and I still have to say that to myself now. Mm -hmm. Thanks Mill again, uh, Lena, for this. Appreciate it a lot. Uh, I definitely learned a lot about this because I'm kind of, I'm a novice when it comes to the hockey. So it's, I'm curious to see like the in, like I'm nearly getting the inside track before I appreciate the outside track of it. It's kind of funny. No worries. It was, yeah, it's good. I really enjoyed it. And you're going to have to turn on the hockey now. We'll be on the, on the TV for the next Happy few days. weeks. So. Uh, I'll try and try and sleep in the floor of my uncle's apartment if I can, but we'll see if we get there. <laughs> Good stuff. That's the end of another episode. I hope you've taken something away from this and I'll catch you in the next one. Until then, good luck.